Welcome to the Pod Control Podcast, brought to you by Red Hat. Pod Control is your source for containers, Kubernetes, OpenShift, and all things cloud native. Hello, Kubernetes community, and welcome back to another episode of the Pod CTL Podcast. For those of you that uh, have been wondering where we were, we have been off for a little bit. It is good to be back. We had to dust off the microphone, make sure everything works. Been traveling quite a bit this summer, so apologize for not having shows since. June or July or whenever the last one was. So, but uh, it's interesting. We we had a number of tweets saying, "Hey, where'd you go? Did you die? Did you kill off the show? Did you just get bored of it?" Nope, we're back, back in full force, and uh, very very excited today to have Chris Short with us today. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate you having me on. Um, so, you know, I, we're going to talk about a couple of different things um, for folks that that don't know you, and they they should know you if you if you're around the CNCF community, if you're on the Kubernetes community. But tell folks. A little bit of your background. Uh, you and I met a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, uh, kind of randomly. Uh, we did a podcast on a, on a different show, um, but you've been around a lot of similar communities, uh, a lot of interesting mm-hmm. background. But tell folks kind of about your background and then some of the things you're working on today. Yeah, so I did a lot of uh, tech and communication stuff in the Air Force for 11 years. In 2010, I got out and worked in like a web operations shop you know, finally got into, you know, DevOps roles, basically, or the, the roles morph themselves in the DevOps and uh, did that for a few years, uh, you know, 2010, to, you know, a couple of years ago, and then wanted to put down the pager, was a DevOps consultant working with uh, John Willis, uh, the author of the DevOps handbook, and then uh, joined Red Hat in June of 2018 on the Ansible team. And then this summer, I moved over to the OpenShift team. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, so I've, I've all through that, I've been a cloud native ambassador, which is uh, the cloud native computing foundations, you know, community outreach program to help, you know, communities and smaller, you know, f- groups form inside, you know, localities, as well as kind of spreading the message of how to use Kubernetes and all that ecosystem tooling in the landscape. Right, right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, a few other things. Uh, I write a weekly newsletter called DevOpsish. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm on the OpenShift team and I help, you know, customers keep their clusters up and running and, you know, adding new features to op- OpenShift will end up with me doing work to help customers add it to their clusters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know when, when we first met, uh, you were you were working as, and I don't remember if it was, the title was, was sort of DevOps engineer or SRE engineer. You were working for um, you know, one of the one of the providers that was providing uh, cloud-based mm-hmm. SaaS services. So it was like, okay, cool. We're not just talking about DevOps tools or automation tools. It's you know, kind of real life, uh, living with these things. Like you said, living with the pager, and uh, yeah. it's good. To, it's good to have you not only on the Red Hat team, but uh, sort of first. I, you know, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday we, we're going to have some big news. Uh, not only is the show back, but first piece of big news: you are signing up to uh, to help me co-host the show. So I'm very very excited about that. Welcome to the Pod CTL show. Thank you. I will uh, take my cape or whatever is the uh, normal co-host uh, gift later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, for for those that have listened for a while, um, you know, we when we first started the show, it was you know we, we always wanted to make sure that we were we were educating. Uh, you know, it was a lot of basics around Kubernetes. Um, you know, we're we're still going to make sure that we're always educating folks. Uh, we found from listener feedback that there was kind of a mix of we would like some things about what's new and latest in Kubernetes or, you know, go into some depths of some things. And then we also, uh, you know, because uh, myself and, and whoever else has helped co-host, uh, we're at Red Hat. They said, hey, you know, can you can you dive into certain aspects of OpenShift as well? So we've, we've always tried to figure out what's the right mix. And I, I think what we're going to try and do um, uh, between Chris and myself is I will probably focus 
a little more on, on OpenShift specific things. We'll bring on uh, a bunch of guests that are uh, on the product team, on the engineering team. So we will, you know, it'll always be technical. We're always going to, you know, make sure that we're, we're educating you. And uh, Chris, in, in your role, because you, you do spend a lot of time in, in the communities, whether it's the DevOps yes. community, the CNCF communities, the Kubernetes communities, um, you are going to, to take a little more of, of a focus on, um, you know, just kind of what's interesting in the community. And that could be interesting individuals. It could be new technologies. There's always a ton of stuff coming on. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have times when, when the two of us come on and, and, and dig into some stuff, whatever that might be, might be some sort of news. It might just be, you know, a trend. So uh, I, I think this is going to work um, mostly because it allows us between our two schedules to, uh, to, to divvy up the load. And uh, so I'm, I'm very, very excited to have you on board. So um, I, love, I love the work you do. I know you create a ton of content. And so I'm excited to have you on the team. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, I look forward to talking more to people working with Kubernetes and the people I interact with in the community on a regular basis as part of my you know, CNCF ambassador duties and job duties like are like super interesting people, right? Like they're SREs at GitHub. They, they, they do like crazy things with Kubernetes in production. And so like it would be great to just like give them a platform or just say, hey, you know, this is kind of some cool stuff I'm doing. Uh, if you're interested, you know, check me out here. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 going to be my plan. Yeah, and you're uh, we 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 went out, got a little bit of new gear, some some recording gear. You're going to be out uh, in San Diego at KubeCon, uh, potentially. Yeah, doing, I've got a, a, a few a shows. Hand, yeah, I've got a, a fancy schmancy uh, like iPhone connected uh, mic that I'll be dancing around with. So if you want to sit down and touch base with me, tell me what you're working on. I'm more than happy to talk. It doesn't have to be any, you know, it could be product related because you know, it could, this is Podcuddle. It could be, uh, you know, open source related. It, it doesn't have to be anything specific, you know, treat me as an independent person. And, yep. you know, maybe, maybe I work for Red Hat in that moment. Maybe I'm wearing my CNCF ambassador hat in that yep. moment. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've always wanted to make this, um, you know, just an extension of, Red Hat working in the community. Um, so like you said, it doesn't have to be Red Hat specific, but you know, it's an opportunity for us to bring a bunch of smart people and, and educate the audience. So uh, thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, uh, the second sort of piece of news, which you, know, you mentioned John Willis as, as somebody you had worked with, um, a number of folks who are pretty well known in the DevOps community. Uh, so uh, Kevin Baer, who was one of the co-authors of the Phoenix Project, uh, Jay Bloom, um, John Willis, and Andrew Clay Schaefer have all recently joined uh, Red Hat. They uh, are creating a group called the uh, Global Transformation Team. So, you know, we, if you follow Red Hat at all, you know, obviously we are big fans of open source, big fans of open communities. Uh, our CEO has written a number of times about what he calls the the open organization, which is, you know, kind of how do you bring transparency to large organizations? How do you, um, you know, think about innovation and, you know, marrying that together with, uh, kind of the background of, of those four individuals, which is, uh, you know, really well known in, in the DevOps community and a lot of agile communities. We're excited to have all those folks on board and uh, we'll have them on the show and, and you're going to be working closely with them as well. Yeah. So like the, the second I got the news, I reached out to John Willis and I was like, hey, buddy, you know, nice to be working with you again. <laughs> and, you know, he was he was traveling and he it, he got back to me that Friday. You know, he hadn't been a new hire orientation yet. And he's like, hey, man, how do I do this? How do I do that? And then we got to talking about like, you know, actual you know problems that we see out in the field. And, you know, me personally, I go out and talk to customers and I'm like, you know, yes, I know Ansible. Yes, I know OpenShift. Yes, I know Kubernetes and like all the various ecosystem pieces that can help you, you know, accelerate your, you know, organization, you know, technologically. But there's always this culture problem. And like we have 
this this massive capability now where we can help people like learn that speed is good you know embrace some of those things from uh the devops handbook and the phoenix project and actually learn that uh through speed you create safety which then leads to better you know product right Right. Yeah. So uh, excited to have those four uh, joining Red Hat, I suspect, um, you know, just given their backgrounds and, and sort of the charter they now have, which is kind of the universal problem that we find with, uh, you know, medium and, and larger size companies, which is, um, you know, we are we, we've been able to, to do certain amounts of things that help us drive faster software development, uh, more stable software development, um, you know, kind of all those those principles. But we haven't necessarily been able to do it at scale, um, that that's essentially their their charter is how do you, we we bring some uh, kind of framework around how to do that. Uh, you know, it won't necessarily just be one approach, but but multiple approaches. So yeah, very very mm-hmm. excited about that, and I think um, you know it'll be interesting to watch in 2020 to to bring some some stories of uh, you know customer success. You know how to help them avoid failure. I mean, we we're now 10 years into sort of DevOps as a as a term, as a culture, as a, as a phenomenon. Um, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, and I think there's probably yeah. some things we've learned that we can share with people. Absolutely, yeah. Like the, the, the amount of like just brain trust in those four people coupled with the people that they know within Red Hat and in the industry, you know, they, they pull in so much information and knowledge that's in their heads every year. So it's, it'll be great to have that knowledge, you know, put into a framework that we can hand off to organizations that'll actually help them like right. make the big shift. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, more, more on that to come, but uh, excited about those two announcements. So let's, let's talk, I, I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, a couple of weeks ago was uh, kind of the, the celebrated 10-year anniversary of, of sort of the, the first time folks were talking about DevOps, uh, what's become DevOps days and, and that whole community. Um, you know, you, you spend a decent amount of time at, at various DevOps events. Obviously, you don't go to all of them, but what are, <laughs> you know, kind of, as we are here in you know late 2019, what are some of the the kind of the the main trends that you would see if you you know were going to DevOps events around the world and, and you went okay I'm just going to go in see what's going on like what are the some of the big things that people are talking about these days and what are the, some of the common trends you might see at these events? You know it's it's, it's interesting you ask me that because I just went to like three of them back to back to back Chicago Raleigh and then Detroit um, the DevOps Days events and it was it, it was you know, a wide variety of great content, but it was a lot of how are we handling uh, incident response? How are we handling the the overload of notifications that our systems can throw at us now, right? Like go look at the, the event log for Kubernetes. Um, how are we managing that flow of just nonstop information into our DevOps teams or our, you know, pager, for example, right? Like that's a lot of the, the conversation right now, as well as, you know, <laughs> embracing containers and and kubernetes and that the cloud native ecosystem right like a lot of people are having you know fits and starts but they're having issues getting over the hump so that is some of the conversation as well yeah it'll be it'll be interesting i know i followed it for a while and you know it seemed like early on it was it was a lot of um you know things around automation tooling which was hey Mm -hmm. you're not automating anything you need to start doing that to a certain extent. Um, you know, we saw oh, yeah. it. We saw it. Like they're way past that now, <laughs> right? Way past that. We we've kind of gone through the idea of you know infrastructure as code and and uh, source control and um, you know and 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 now I think sometimes when I talk to people or, or they ask, you know, sometimes we 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 get a little bit confused because there's there's some other terms that are kind of in the same 
kind of ecosystem, if you will. You know, people talk about SRE. You know, is mm-hmm. is SRE the same thing as DevOps? Because you know, people were DevOps engineers, and then it was well, that's mm-hmm. not a job. And then we hear things like like observability, right? You talked about the sort of this overwhelmingness of you know notifications. You know, mm-hmm. is that what this is? I, like, how how do you find that community kind of is is dealing with these terms is is there kind of a framework they they talk about you know what's what's uh you know what's a what's a trend what's a job title what's what's valid i know sometimes there's been some arguments about those things oh yeah so the the devops team argument is still out there uh the sre versus devops engineer job title is still out there uh you know what sre is i think google and everybody else is well defined that it's you know in my opinion you know i think i've said this before it's the metrification of devops right so they will say it is a you know way to implement DevOps uh, in a more structured way. Um, and, you know, that's great if if your organization can do that. And and that's why I think they, they both exist uh, kind of independently and, w- you know, should exist independently uh, because they are a little bit different, right? Like there are some, you know, specificities to DevOps that give you a little more leeway and flexibility before you move into like a full-blown SRE type uh, scenario where your business is now saying to developers, uh, you've, you've now crossed this threshold of error rate, you have to go fix your code, right? Like that is a culture shift that happens uh, after that big transformation. Right, right. Yeah, the, the other thing I think I, I see, or I, I'm seeing more and more is, um, you know, I, I think when we... Uh, when when people first started talking about DevOps, it was it was sort of okay. I I know what the Dev part is. That's that's the people necessarily writing mm-hmm. applications, and the Ops part sort of started off as well. That's whatever your infrastructure team is, you, <laughs> you know those people. And yeah, and I and I think the the probably the biggest shift, if if I had to narrow them all down, is th- this realization that um, you, you sort of need something that's distinctly defined as as sort of platform team. Uh, you know, pe- yeah. people who are like, we are probably a little more skill set aligned to people that can code, and maybe that's SRE and, and those types of skill sets. But it, but it's also a realization that like, um, you know, the the existing operations, maybe it's storage and virtualization and networking, um, you know, may never necessarily be incentivized to go fast enough. So, but you but you need a way to sort of have something in between them. And I, I'm curious what your take is on sort of the the platform you know, bucket you would have or block you would have in a diagram. Is that something you're seeing for real or is that just sort of Absolutely. thing I'm hearing? Yeah. With the, with the advent of Kubernetes and, you know, the, the, the infrastructure as code kind of uh, instantiation of that declarative service model that Kubernetes gives you, you are seeing some, you know, like a step back from DevOps, like towards that. Nope. We are a platform team. Uh, these people run their applications on the platform. These people help maintain the platform. They have, Similar, if not adjoining skill sets, but they have, you know, specific roles based off their strengths and, you know, weaknesses. So, yeah, you're starting to see that. Um, The problem is is that you have all this legacy infrastructure as well. So you have, you know, disparate teams now forming, right? You have a network team that maybe isn't automating anything that is now getting more requests than it can handle. And so organizations are sitting back and saying, well, wait, how do we get everybody on board now? And they're turning more often to Kubernetes and uh, OpenShift to do that, which is great. But there's a lot of skills and tooling that you need to just, you know, run Kubernetes in production that is missing right now. Right. Um, 
Let's uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about that. So obviously on this show, we we tend to talk a little bit about Kubernetes. Um, you're you're now sort of you've got experience and uh, kind of skills of, of sort of bridging what would be the DevOps community, the Agile community and, and the Kubernetes community. Are, are you finding there are elements of Kubernetes, the technology that maybe, uh, you know, you look at and say, hey, you know, from where we were, say, five or six years ago to where we are now, this technology is a little more appropriate or it does certain things that make what would be good DevOps hygiene easier? Is that, yes. I mean, are there things there that are, that are useful to people? Yeah. I mean, this year, I think especially there's been features added to Kubernetes that are really helpful. Um, you know, instantiating CRDs, uh, uh, you know, in the apps V1 uh, API, I think is a huge, huge thing. So, you know, custom resource definitions allow you to create uh, APIs within Kubernetes that, you know, you essentially make yourself. So it, it gives you know, operators and developers and literally everybody the ability to create their own APIs. Uh, if you go look at some of the Ansible operator code I've written, you'll see that it's, you know, four lines of code, four lines of YAML, right? Like that's an API now. Uh, and that's pretty powerful stuff, right? Like we can, you can do that. The problem is, is that you don't know that until someone comes and tells you there's so much out there now that you have to, you know, plug into an information stream of some sort to get this data fed to you uh, because there's like admission controllers, horizontal pod scalers, uh, uh, you know, vertical pod automation, auto scalers. So you can, you can do a lot with Kubernetes if you know what you're doing with it. And, and that's, that's been a lot of, you know, I mean, there was, there was a technology that I didn't even know existed that has been in the APIs forever. Like I discovered it a couple of weeks ago. Right. Like I was trying to figure out how to do it with an operator and it already existed. Uh, I discovered it through the docs. So I work on Kubernetes kind of like every day. So that's that's part of it. Right. Like there's a lot to it and you have to you have to embrace it wholly. And it's you know, it's one of those things that's like a foreign language almost like you, you, if you speak it every day, you'll you will get the hang of it. You'll be great at it. And, you know, if if you're you, you go out of the culture for a little bit and you come back like you'll 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 take you a little bit you know of time to get back into it. Um, that's kind of Kubernetes right now. And, you know, part of, I think, my job at Red Hat is to make that experience a little bit easier right, uh, to our customers. But, I mean, that stuff needs to go upstream, in my opinion, as well, because if we simplify the platform and make it easier for people to adopt and operate, then it will gain more exposure and become the, you know, the, the industry standard API for infrastructure. Right. Yeah, it, it's Kubernetes is in an interesting place right now in that, um, you know, the... The, the the sort of what you would consider sort of the, the core of Kubernetes has has gotten fairly mature, um, it, you know, in terms of stability, in terms of scalability. Um, it's got a pretty well-defined uh, way of uh, expanding it or, um, you know, extending it through through CRDs and operators and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> but what's what's sort of interesting is, uh, and I and I think, um, you know, Tim Hawkins says this quite a bit from, from Google. He's like, look, it's not it's not opinionated, right? It gives you it gives you a lot of ways to do a lot of things. Um, it may be good for you to to understand all those, you know, if you are running the platform and and you want to sort of know all the things that are in your your bag of tricks. But at the same time, we're now seeing this this sort of uh, enhanced. Well, we're seeing this this huge uh, push around saying, hey, um, maybe we should make it a little more opinionated and 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 not necessarily in Kubernetes, but on 
things that are building uh, on on sort of the, the developer side of things, the developer experience things, right? We're seeing yeah. all these projects. And I, I think it's interesting. We're going to go from, you know, five or six, seven years ago, you know, even I think about sort of the the life cycle of, of OpenShift, you know, it started as a PaaS. Uh, there was lots of mm-hmm. other sort of people doing PaaSes. Um, PaaS got, got kind of a bad rap as being too opinionated. Uh, we went through this, hey, I need more knobs. I need to support all the languages. And then we're sort of coming back to, hey, maybe, maybe that, you know, uh, making it easy for developers thing wasn't such a bad idea after all. And uh, so it's, that'll be, I think, a big trend that we'll be kind of following and, and diving into in 2020 as we go forward. Yeah, and I think the the term that we're going to start like having to you know grapple with in 2020, and I'm going to write about this at the end of the year when I have some time, is like, what is a developer? You know, what is a developer nowadays, right? Like, am I a developer? I'm creating APIs in Kubernetes. I'm just writing YAML, though. Am I a YAML engineer? I mean, what is the correct definition? Right. So that's going to be something that I think the community at large will struggle with. And I think the Kubernetes community already has some thoughts on that. And there's talk amongst the community members about how we can ad- address everybody equally because, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to get started in Kubernetes. It doesn't take a whole lot to get contributing in Kubernetes. So it's, you know, you can make small contributions with YAML at this point. So right. what are you, a developer? Are you an engineer? What, what at this point, you know, the distinction between developer and operations experience, I think is so blurred. Um, I'm hoping that the, you know, the advances that are coming in the next year or two will help make everybody uh, have a better experience. Right, right. Well, and I, I, I think, I think where we're going and, uh, and, you know, I'll sort of speak from, from the OpenShift side of things, just because I, I sort of live with that day to day. I think we're very much mm-hmm. seeing that, um, you know, obviously what we've been trying to do from a Red Hat perspective is, is to say, look, um, you know, more and more of the value of, of the platform comes from kind of enabling People, regardless of what you call them, um, that are that are that are building things that that sort of uh, you know Im- impact the business, right? So, so what I mean by that is the the platform itself should get to be incredibly automated, right? M- maybe not completely to the point of sort of no ops because that has its own connotations yeah. to it, but but basically it should be very close to sort of self self driving, self healing, self updating with you know with sort of minimal input. And, and then you get into this interesting thing where, uh, you know, yes, there will be application developers. Their job is to write, you know, business applications, business logic. But just mm-hmm. as much, you will have um, other types of developers who very much could be doing things like, uh, I am writing a bunch of functions that trigger off of things. And, and those functions are all entirely about, uh, you know, helping to manage things around the platform or other stuff. Yeah. You know, are you, are you an app developer? Well, I'm, I'm a developer, right? I have to be able to write at least enough stuff to have I'm a the platform, platform engineer. Trigger. Yeah. What, like, what do you call it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, we're definitely, definitely seeing that. I know from, from the Red Hat, you know, from the OpenShift perspective, as we add things like Knative and other technologies, mm-hmm. those could be used by kind of a, anybody, right? They don't have to be for somebody that wears the, you know, app developer title. It could be a lot of different right. things. So yeah, that's a, a definitely a, yeah. a big I mean, area I think infrastructure is code right yeah. there. It just says it right there, right? Like when you realize most of this stuff is declared in YAML and the rest of it's written in Go, you know, it's, yep. it, it, it draws a fine line between, you know, at some point in time, yes, you are writing, you know, at scale applications, but are you writing them for the cluster and the platform or are you writing them for business? 
Yep. That's yep. the distinction. Am I a business developer or a platform developer? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you one last question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, as, as we are giving you, uh, you know, keys to the keys to the car here in terms of, of <laughs> CTL, what are, um, just kind of off the top of your head, what are, you know, potentially some of the, the topics that you'd like to cover, maybe some of the, the people that, that, you know, you're like, Hey, I now have an outlet for it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what, what can people kind of expect for, uh, for some of the things that you're, you're going to dive into? Well, I think, you know, you're going to hear a lot about uh, new features coming to the Kubernetes, uh, you know, mainstream or upstream, uh, you know, core package, but as well as uh, new events that are occurring in the community that could be helpful to you uh, talking to people that are leading those events and, um, you know, as instructors or trainers, as well as developers that are working on, you know, Kubernetes things uh, upstream and uh, community members from kind of across the spectrum of education, government, and, uh, you know, private sector to, you know, that are using Kubernetes or, you know, just in general containers anywhere in their life cycle for day-to-day use. So it's kind of a, if you have a good story right now, I'm all ears and I'm I'm pulling out my my contact list and, and crossing people off as I go down. So, yeah. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, for, for anybody out there, um, there are lots of ways to, to reach us. Um, you know, the easiest way, probably if you want to start, you know, at PodCTL on Twitter. Um, I'm at B. Gracely. Chris is at Chris Short. Um, if, if you feel like using email, uh, PodCTL at gmail.com will reach us. Um, and, uh, you know, DMs are open and other things like that. So, yeah, feedback is always welcome. If you want to send us some feedback on, uh, you know, on iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to the podcast, we're, we're happy to take that feedback as well. Um, one last thing. So t- two last things just about uh, sort of frequency of listening. Um, we are going to try very, very hard to get back to at least weekly. Um, I have told Chris, I said, look, uh, you know, given that we had a big gap, um, we may just sort of flood the zone, if you will. We may just create a whole bunch of content and be putting it out when it's available. So don't be surprised if uh, you get a couple in a week, uh, you know, but definitely shooting for weekly. The other thing that I'm going to I'm going to kickstart, um, it may not be until the first of of January, but uh, I'm going to create sort of a kind of a tangent channel, if you will, I have to figure out the naming of it. Um, But one of the things that we had done early with PodCTL was what we called basics shows, which was, hey, you're just getting started with Kubernetes, which quite honestly is still a really, really big set of people. Um, You know, where do we start? And uh, I'm going to get back to talking about doing some some sort of shorter form, you know, 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes on a lot of the basics of Kubernetes, a lot of the basics of the things around Kubernetes, hopefully to help you get up to speed. Um, they should be easy to consume. I'm going to do them sort of as, as series. And uh, hopefully, you know, if you're new to this or you want to tell a friend about it, a coworker or your boss, um, you know, they'll be able to plow through those in 45 minutes, an hour for throw to the whole series, get up to speed, and then they'll be able to, to jump into this show and understand a lot of the nomenclature and terminology and some of the new stuff we're talking about. So going to definitely reinvigorate the show. Uh, the feedback has always been really good, and uh, we're excited to be back on the air with it. So Chris, any last thoughts uh, You know, uh, you know, prior to KubeCon or just about PodCTL? Oh, yeah, I'm just buried in KubeCon work right now, so there's, there's quite a bit. Uh, come say hi to me if you're going to KubeCon. I'll be day zero. I'll be doing the contributor summit and helping out there. Uh, those are the slides I'm working on right now. The the rest of the time I'll be between uh, the Red Hat, Weaveworks, StatRox, Aqua. I'll be everywhere in every booth. Uh, yeah, come find me. Say hi. 
look forward to seeing you in 2020 and I look forward to bringing you some, some awesome stories. Yeah. Very, very cool. So excited to have you on board. And one last thing, uh, we're, we're going to publish this on November 8th. KubeCon uh, starts around the 17th or 18th. Uh, I know it's a short amount of time, but if for some reason you're listening to this, you're going out to KubeCon, um, you'd like to come to the OpenShift Commons event that we do uh, Monday, which is sort of an all day, uh, you know, half technology, half customer stories, um, hit us up uh, on one of those social channels and we can get you uh, discounts uh, on the tickets. The tickets are pretty inexpensive anyways, but we can get you some discounts mm-hmm. on those as well. So hit us up. Thank you everybody for listening as always. That's good to be back and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Pod Control Podcast. You can find everything about the show at podcontrol.com, P-O-D-C-T-L, or at Podcontrol on Twitter. We'll talk to you again next week.